With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rutgers Rant. Steve Politi here, joined by my friends, Keith Sargent, James Cratch. Fellas, how's your summer going? We haven't done this in a while. What's going on? Good vacations? I would say I miss you, missed you, but, you know, be, between uh, vacations, I, I can't really say that. I mean, but it is nice to see your, uh, you know, Cratch has a beard. You know, I know this is a, a an audio, a non-visual uh, podcast, but, you know, Cratch is, is growing the beard. I'm hoping that he brings it to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Day. He looks He's got quite a beard too, Cratch. I mean, that's not just a little little bit of growth there. I mean, I you've know. got full, you know, mountain man here. Hey, believe me, I'm as I'm as surprised as anyone. I I really didn't think I had it in me, but I just kept let it keep going, and here we are. So yes, I will get it trimmed up. Uh, be ready to rock and roll media day. Putting my ties out for people to vote on Twitter. We're wow. back to normal, boys. This is it. Oh my gosh! And two of you are going to Indianapolis to get to get Saint Elmo's without me. It's it's kind of it really is sort of tragic that this that this could possibly hasn't happened but but hey i wish you the best you know sarge you gonna order you gonna order the uh the calamari again what what, what did i say uh coming back from the nsa tournament after we spent like two and a half weeks almost straight in indianapolis if i don't you know and now all of a sudden right. you know three months later i'm back to indianapolis so yeah. I, I just you know not only are you back, but this could be the first of three trips <laughs> because Rutgers is playing at Indiana this year. So we're going to fly to Indianapolis and stay in Indianapolis before driving to Bloomington. And then the Rutgers, Illinois game, technically I was looking at the maps. It's closer. Yeah. Indianapolis, Indianapolis closer is closer to Champaign than Chicago. Than Chicago and we're going to have been in Chicago two weeks prior for the Northwestern game. Yep. So I'm thinking maybe we switch it up. We fly to St. Eight, Elmo's. We, St. Yeah. Elmo's on Friday night, go to Champaign on a Saturday, drive back. I'm not going to the Illinois game. Okay. Illinois game, yeah, that that that's a road, that's a road. Watch the Kowski, you guys got that. You guys have got that sidebar. Uh, yeah, watch the. Yeah, okay, watched a lot of games on TV last year. I mean, might be another one we could watch on TV this year. All right, we so let's dive in. We've had a lot of stuff going on, right? I mean, it's been summer. It's supposed to be a slow season, but we haven't done one of these in, in a couple months. And you know, there've been some significant uh, developments. And I think first and foremost, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the uh, recruiting juggernaut that the Scarlet Knights have become. Uh, fellas, it's pretty extraordinary to watch. You know, I mean, now you've got this kid, the linebacker out of New York, Moses Walker, four-star, best player in the state of New York. Not only does he commit to, to Rutgers, but he trolls Penn State in the process. I mean, 
this this kid's already a, he's, he's already a legend in Piscataway before he gets here. Cratch, what what do you make of that? Well, I, what I made of that was that I would imagine that that was got to be a strange conflicting emotion thing for Greg Schiano. It's huge recruiting win. It's like, hey, Greg, here's the phone. He put it out there. He did what? <laughs> he trolled Penn State and tagged James Franklin. I would assume that – I don't know if you do it that night, but I assume at some point Greg's going to probably pull young Moses aside and be like, hey, let's not do that again. No, yeah, that's like the Jeremy Ito finger point. That, that, yeah, that's something that that, that, that kid's going to be talked about, right? Yeah. Uh, but overall, I mean, the third number one recruit from a state, New Jersey and Kentucky, of course, Kentucky, that's always been the hotbed of Rutgers recruiting. Uh, now, for a while there, they're a better class than, than Alabama. I guess that's changed, but still 12th rated class. I mean, Sarge, what do you, th- I mean, when you look at this now, what do you get the sense here is this, that is, respons- is responsible for this sudden surge? Um, I mean, I think chiefly, you know, Greg Schiano is good at recruiting. I think we've known that for a long time. I think he's gotten better through the years. And I think, you know, he, he's, he's really good. He has, a, you know, what we all thought was, a, you know, a, a top flight staff, especially come, uh, from a recruiting standpoint. I think they've lived up, lived up to the billing. I think those two factors are, 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 are major. And look, I mean, when it comes to, uh, you know, what, what the past year has been been like, you know, as far as not, not being able to, to take all these visits, I think Greg Schiano uh, took advantage of it in, in, in some uh, weird way that, you know, he was able to, to sell the program, you know, based on his vision and based on some of the other, uh, you know, things that he's talked about. I think he's, he was able to take advantage of, of, of the pandemic during a period where, you know, re- recruiting was unlike it's ever been. Craig, you had a good analysis on the website the other day, just about where this class is going to finish. I, I largely don't think it matters at this point. I mean, you know, <laughs> I they, tend they, to agree a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got the, the players that they, they want to be getting, you know, they're going to probably be in the top 20 ish range. It's all about momentum. And I think the perception out there obviously is that they've got a lot of momentum going, but you came up with where the basic range is going to be. And I think it's still, it's still pretty impressive. No, no doubt. I think that, there's a shot to finish in the top 15. I think if he did, it'd probably be at 15th. I think definitely top 20s on the board. I mean, the big number, I think, if you think the ranking is important, I do think it's important in this aspect. You'd like to get to 22 or higher because that would be the best class in school history. That would beat the 2012 class that Greg kind of had and then handed off to Kyle Flood at the end. So I think that's a number they probably would like to get. Anything beyond that would be gravy. But to answer your question, I think another big impact is, and I think what Sarge said about the, the weird recruiting calendar is that, recruits want to be with other recruits. And I think in the sense, it's kind of a snowball effect. Once you get the first guy or three guys, then everyone else wants to jump on board. And I have to think it helped Rutgers that you had all these kids who committed, who had never been to campus, who just knew the coaches and the sports staff through Zoom. And they all get together once the world finally opens up and the NCAA allows recruiting. And that must have been great that, like, usually it's like one guy shows up. And now it's 10 of them in a room sitting with the throne, posing in their jerseys. I just have to imagine that snowball, like, hey, we're in the club now. Let's all be together, helps the recruiting efforts. The other underrated thing, and I agree with that totally, I I also think that this is what Greg Shan is finally recruiting without, you know, the long list of things that other – schools could use against Rutgers, you know, conference for a while, facilities for a while, you know, assistant coach retention for a while. I mean, campus for a while. And you can rattle off the list of things. And when he, when he did that 12, look, look back in that 2012 class, you know, uh, in, 
<laughs> just with a lot of obstacles, he managed to get big, get a pretty impressive class. Now he's doing it without having to worry about all that. Uh, and I think the momentum from last season, even though it was three wins, I think clearly, you know, people are buying into what he's doing. So you got you got to give him a lot of credit. All right. So the other big significant development uh, of the past few months, it was a basketball recruiting coup. It wasn't in newcomers, but you know, the, the two most significant players uh, for the Scarlet Knights who are still, on the fence, I guess we, we thought they were coming back, but now they're officially coming back. Geo Baker, Ron Harper Jr. will be on the team next year. You know, I, obviously, there's a lot of concern in, fan, in the fan base about the basketball program. I get it, you know, but now you're getting, you know, two of the better players, two of the better perimeter players in the league back for that team next year, Cratch. Uh, and they, they finally they added, they added Ralph Aji, Aji the, uh, the, the transfer from San Jose. So they have the backup big man. Overall, are you feeling better about the basketball program or should fans still be a little worried? I think overall you have to be kind of impressed by the way that Steve Peichel kind of held the line. I mean, think about all the transfer portal mayhem and the NBA draft mayhem, and you thought everybody was leaving. And then we get to this point where if you look at it, I think in hindsight, Mamadou Ducor, Montez Mathis, their transfers, pretty predictable, pretty normal, happens all the time in college basketball. I think – Everyone kind of knew Miles Johnson had bigger aspirations than hoops, and the, those, you know, academic aspirations would probably pull him back to the West Coast at some point. I don't think anyone thought Jacob Young was going to be back for another year. I think the surprise there is that he's at another college rather than playing professionally. But other than that, I mean, they didn't have a shock transfer. You know, they didn't lose a guy like Cliff or Mulcahy. They get Geo back. They get Ron back with relatively ease. They add a big man. They they add some other pieces. You know, this is a team that. I don't know if they're a surefire tournament team, but they're definitely going to be in the hunt competitive into January and February, which I think is very important for Rutgers basketball. You, you got over the hump. They really did. I don't think that they could afford necessarily a slide back into sub 500. I think you'd lose some of those, you know, kind of bandwagon fans and the buzz around the program. As long as they're contending for March, I think they're going to continue to build. And the roster, Sarge, it's, it's not as bad as, as you know, people are concerned about. I mean, still, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of talent that we haven't seen yet. I mean, you've got some guys in the program who would be coming off this bench who are going to have bigger roles that I think, you know, that we've talked about before on the show that I, I think are going to be, they're going to surprise some people. You know, and you're kind of betting on Steve Peichel to to coach him up. I mean, we he, one thing we've we've kind of uh, learned about him is he is a good developer of talent. I mean, it's the one thing he said from the very first day he was on this campus was he was going to identify guys and this was going to be a development program. And they weren't always going to win the biggest recruits, but they were going to bring guys through. Now you got to see if he's got that ability to to to, to find the next role player, to find the guy who can who can step in and play 15 to 18 minutes a game. Yeah, um, so I did talk to Steve Peichel um, uh, about a week and a half ago just to kind of check his temperature on, on, on different things. And um, I'm, I got some news for you guys. I mean, Steve Peichel's telling people that this is going to be his best team yet. So, you know, this is year six, and, you know, they're coming off back-to-back NCAA tournament, uh, you know, appearances, you know, two years ago. Where, you know, he, he counts it, so we might as well, uh, you know, join the parade and, 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 and count it as well. But uh, certainly, um, as a bold statement, uh, he thinks that, you know, this is going to be his best team. Um, you know, the, the one guy I think that he's really, really high on as far as newcomers is Andre Hyatt. You know, as he points out, um, you know, this is a guy who, who – had a double double in the NCAA tournament this past year. He, you know, he fits. He, he seems like he's going to be a, you know, multi-positional guy. That you know, the type of guy that you know, Steve Peichel, uh, you know, loves. You know, in his program. 
he, he's really high on the the development of some, some of the, uh, the 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 guys who, who um, you know didn't, didn't play. Uh, uh, he he really really thinks that you know the you know the Ron Harper and and Geo Baker coming back, both of them are poised to have bigger year, uh, years. And I, I I think Cliff I think uh, is another guy who who he, he expects to have a major leap. Paul Mulcahy, um, you know, on and on and on. Kel McConnell, he said, you know, this is the first offseason that he hasn't been, you know, injured and, and, and he looks great. So, again, you know, if, if Steve Pyle thinks this is going to be his best uh, team, you know, I, you know I, I think, you know, I tend to believe him. I, you know, you look at the roster. Um, I don't see any reason why they can't be, you know, uh, start the season in the top 25. Wow. How about that, Sarge? Bold top 25. You agree with that, Cratch? Top 25 to start the season? I don't know if they'll get there. I mean, I think they would probably have to have a lot of there had to be a big time Rutgers campaign because a lot of that is kind of baked in you know very early on in the offseason but no I mean look I think they could definitely get there this season without a doubt I mean the one question I gotta have about this team is we've looked at the non-conference schedule you know thank goodness the Seton Hall game got scheduled cooler heads prevailed but there's a lot of cupcakes on this thing. You know, I know Rutgers is going to say they're not cupcakes, but they're going to have a chance to build a pretty gaudy record in a non-conference play. And then I think it's going to be, okay, what do they do in the Big Ten? So I think there's a very good chance we don't really know a whole heck of a lot about this team until we get to January and they're in the heart of conference play. Right, and we're forgetting that they're also adding one of the most significant uh, parts of the program was the rack. We'll be back. And I think that's important to get your vaccination cards, folks, get into the building. That's going to be a big deal for them to have that place filled. They didn't have it last year. They weren't as good at home. So, I mean, yeah, when you look at that, that's another reason to, uh, to, to think that uh, the, uh, the overreaction of about the, the sky falling might've been re- really, really overdone. All right. One, one last thing. I don't, I think we, we, I'm going ahead. I think we were going to go to questions later, but I've always been surprised by how people get so down on the recruiting of Steve Peichel. Like he's brought in like eight of the top 20 recruits in the history of the program. Completely agree. The most iconic player of like the last decade he found in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. You know, it's just like, I don't get it. Especially since the biggest recruit truckers that I've ever gotten have never panned out. You know, Mike Rosario transferred Dante. I mean, the ones who did, you know, the ones who did come. I get it. It's it's kind of a, what have you done for me now thing. And now, now you have, you have, Chiano success to compare him to as opposed to Ash. No, it's, it's people it's act like he's out, there go, he's out there getting, you know, you beating out Elon for kids. Like, no, he's bringing in legitimate basketball players. People get wrapped up in, in, in the opinions of, of uh, you know, people who are re- these so-called recruiting rank, uh, you know, experts and, you know, rank, rank them. You know, Steve Peichel's not 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 the type of guy who's going to get you know these uh, you know sexy. He doesn't look at that. He you know he looks at guys who fit the program. You know, most of the guys who who he recruits, he's been on for a while, um, and and he looks at guys that that you know that that can play multiple positions, and and you know he has a, a certain eye for 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 what he wants. And sometimes they're not you know the sexy you know top one hundred kids, but you know a lot you know the majority of them, like Steve said, have have, have really panned out. Right, and he was—he made a decision. He wasn't going to dive in and just go wholesale, make promises to these to these players in, in the transfer portal, and, and and completely change the roster. You know, I mean, I and I respect it to a degree. You know, he's he, he's built this program the way he wants to build it. He's got guys who are waiting in the wings who who have who have commanded some playing time. You know, so look, he, he added a couple of pieces that he needed to. You know, and they're going to get some significant minutes. But yeah, now we can see if we, we're going to find out if uh, if he has built one good team or if he's built a good program. And I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest he's built a good program. 
Um, all right, the third most important thing that's happened in the month of July, uh, NIL rights, Cratch, Sarge, finally, p- basketball players, athletes, making a little money, and making a little cash on the side, striking deals, striking deals with other podcasts, by the way. We're the only podcast yet yep. to, I feel like we haven't hired anybody. We yet. haven't sold out. We're, we're, right. we're you know, we're right. just, we're, well, we're, we're, you know, we, we, we have ethics that, you know, we don't believe that in. No, that's not it. We, just, we don't uh, have, a, we don't we don't have, have enough money. We, we don't have, have enough money steve politi our host yo it just makes too much money I think. and that well that must be it, yeah. well also we've done the technology thing you imagine us it's hard enough for the four three of us to get on this and we added another person yeah, oh, on man. This. Yeah. i yeah. mean it would be a complete i mean good grief you know i don't think I, there's room in cratch's closet for for no you know, three to sit there and do an interview i i will say that like on july 1st i there was like a five minute period where i was like Maybe I should like call Corsac and be like, "Hey, I'll give you fifty bucks. T- tweet that you should read my stuff." That's like, true. You should have done it. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna do the same thing if I could get Geo Baker to do. What do they call the when they do the little the messages on the, uh, you know, the cameo? cameo. If I get him to do a cameo saying that I'm good enough to win the Pulitzer Prize and put that out there, maybe the may might have impacted it. You know, this this is this stuff is out there and available for you to do. It is interesting to see how like the athletes are really capitalizing it on interesting ways. Like I, I there's no been not there hasn't been one big here's a lot of money going to so and so, but you can see guys are t-shirts and you know a, a podcast appearances and dude you know cracks it, it's there's a lot of interesting things. There are. I, I will say this. I do feel like the, the NIL era so far has had a big, like, ready, fire, aim energy. And I, and I think that – I don't think – I think 95% of the athletes and 95% of the people we're paying them, they have no idea what anything's worth or, or what is good or what's up or what's down. You know, it's like, hey, should we give this football player $10,000 at Texas A&M to do an exclusive interview with this fan website? That sounds pretty good. Now, I don't know if that $10,000 is actually going to help out a business in any way. I mean, if it's just you want to give a really good football player free money, I mean, that's as effective a way as anything. But, no, I, I think that we're going to look back on this by the end of the year, five, definitely five, ten years from now, and be like, how did we spend all that time worrying about this and wringing our hands about this and talking about this? Because it's really not that big of a deal. You agree, Sarge? Absolutely. Um, especially to the latter point, you know, the, the, you know, this is long overdue. We all, we, we all get that kudos uh, you know, to Gio Baker. He led the charge. He, he really you know, did. He, yeah. he really, I mean, just, I mean, we have, we, we have to say that right off the bat. I mean, he, you know, he, the, the, the guy, I, I, I honestly, and this is going to deviate off the point, but your, your juice list just came Number out. Number 14 today. on the juice. 14. I thought that was low. I thought it was, was low. low. Well, yeah, he was gonna... top, it was 10 last year. So, I mean, he had a better year. Mm-hmm. I, thought, yeah, they, I thought okay. he should have been in the top 10. So, you know, look, I mean, Gio's doing just fine. It, you know, like you said, some of the endorsements, I don't think he's going to be, you know, cr- uh, whining about the juice list. But, you know, uh, certainly, you know, some of these guys, you know, we've talked about some of the Olympic sport uh, athletes that, 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 you know, uh, how much are some of these, uh, you know, uh, athletes going to be worth when you look at some of their Instagram followings and just their ability to actually host camps, you know, all around the state, you know, back home, you know, this is obviously long overdue. And, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I think they're uh, right now, Cratch is right. They're scratching at the surface of what, what their potential, uh, you know, marketability might be right now. I was going to save this for after true and false, but let's do it right now. Let's do the, this is something that the, my favorite podcast, the uh, uh, Yahoo college football podcast with Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, Pat Forty did. If you were to draft your NIL right 
Rutgers team. Yep. Like, let's who would be who would be the who would be the athlete in the history of re, or recent history of Rutgers that we, we would Ooh, pick recent first. History. So I mean, when, I don't think Paul Robeson was going to get a lot of money for you know selling yeah. tr- train tickets or whatever. <laughs> whatever. But I mean, Paul Ro- Ro- uh, Robeson, you know, four different sports. I mean, you know, you, you, so you think he could have gotten a good deal for like, yes, uh, you know, yes. but I think back then, I think, I don't think they were, there was really rules. Magic, magic powders. You might've been cashing in for all we know. You might've been in, right. you know, ineligible by, by the NCAA if they ever did some, you know, investigation. Yeah, geez, yeah. they don't don't encourage them. Who, do you, <laughs> who wants to uh, go first? Who's your first pick? You get the first pick, Sarge. Who is your first out of all the athletes in the history of Rutgers for NIL rights? Who do you got? Yep, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna take the uh, you know the 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 layup. I'm gonna say uh, Ray Rice. I mean, he came at a time when that program was you know, starving. I mean, he was a Heisman Trophy uh, you know candidate, a legit one. I think you know he finished. Uh, you know, seventh or eighth that year, but, you know, 2,000 yards that year, uh, you know, he, he was the first, super, you know, real true superstar during that during that era of, of Rutgers football. You know, I, I'm going to take the layup. It's Ray Rice. All right, Cratch, who's yours? All right, so I'm actually going to fire a little bit of, of a curveball here. Oh, and boy. There's some logic behind it. I'm going to take Todd Frazier just wow. because – Everyone knows him. He, you know, when he gets to Rutgers, he's a superstar, the Little League World Series team. But a guy like Todd Frazier could have literally run hitting instructions out of some you know, warehouse in East Brunswick on the side and just racked up cash. Like, parents probably would, like, in this hyper, you know, it, was, it was right at that time where like sports special, specialization and year-round playing everything. Todd Frazier could have literally sit there in a batting cage and just look at a kid's swing and tell him, hey, move your hands up, do this, this, and this. And people probably would have paid him 150, 200 bucks when he was in college. And then bring the next kid in. You know, all summer camps and everything. I, I would say Todd Frazier probably had a lot of nil impact and, and he was on a really good Rutgers baseball team that won that's a good one yeah i, I think i'm going to throw this one out there same team as Sar- sarge but if i had to pick one player of that team it would have been brian leonard not ray rice because wow. brian leonard came around came around a little earlier uh he had a big fan he fans just loved him uh you know i just could see him being the kind of guy who could have you know put his smile and face on a, on a car dealership on route one and nine or something like that um we haven't named anybody in basketball you know if i were looking at recent players quincy doobie oh sure I mean, for sure. I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, the, the likelihood of him coming back had he been able to do that, you know, because he was on the fence as that's, far as, you know, I mean, the likelihood good. of him coming back, that would have been a complete game changer for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Carly Lloyd, I mean, you know, let's, uh, you know, let, you know, she was, a, not only has she had a, an incredible legacy, like you, you wrote about the other day, uh, a couple couple weeks ago, you know, the potential, maybe the greatest, uh, you know, women's soccer player of all time you know, post Rutgers, but yeah. you know, she was really good, you know, during her, her you know, 2004 big, big East midfielder of the year, yep. Uh, yep. you know, two-time All-American. I mean, she was really, really good, you know, in a sport, like I said, I, I, I think, look, I mean, there was no Instagram back then. I mean, there, you know, your, your markability uh, might, might've been diminished a little bit, but you know, let, let's face it. I mean, she would have been able to cash in on camps and, and, you know, she would have had, you know, been able to be marketable for sure. All right, good stuff. Fun discussion. Let's dive into true and false now, fellas. We haven't done this in a while. I'm sure you're still know the rules. I'll give you a statement. You tell me if it is true or false. True or false. Rutgers will lose at least one of its six four-star recruits before signing day 
Correct. True or false? I'm going to say false. All right. Sarge? False. Wow. Okay. If you've got good confidence in it, I'm not going to sound the alarm, so I'm going to say true just because it's the nature of the beast, but we'll come back to that. Uh, true or false? Cratch, if a team has a COVID outbreak during the Big Ten season, it should have to forfeit the game. True or false? True. Sarge? God, I hate when we, we keep on agreeing, but true. I, I, that's, I have to say true, but it's, it's, an, it's an interesting dilemma because I just wonder what's going to happen when you suddenly you have the lopsided scheduling and you're looking at you know, Big Ten championship game potentials, but I, I can see what you're saying. All right, true or false? A former Rutgers athlete will win an Olympic gold medal. Crash, true or false? True. Sarge? True. Yeah, I guess you're assuming it's Carly Lloyd, or, or are you assuming it is – Hammer thrower, Rudy Winkler. <laughs> Rudy Winkler, no, I don't think he's on that level. But well, I, come on, yes, he is. He's fourth. I look at this, like, believe me, don't, don't unnerd me on the, on, the, on the stupid Olympic numbers here. I think he's fourth in the country. First in the country, in the world. though. In, fourth in the, in the world? world, I'm sorry. Oh, fourth he, in the world, yeah. In, in yeah. The world. Okay, yeah, I, I stand corrected. And, and then, possibility. You know, he, yeah. Real, real quick, shot. though. Gold medal, though? Fourth? Uh, you know, I don't get to be first. You know, but, the, yeah, the, but they throw the thing. Sometimes it goes further than other times, from what I understand, from what I've seen. Real quick, though, Steve, obviously, you're not in Tokyo. Like, the headlines, it's almost like every day, like the, the Japanese government wakes up like, right, what can we do now that really will convince them to call this off? Like, I, I looked at the headlines this morning. It's like, the athletes can't have sex in the beds. There's too many, <laughs> there's too many oysters in the bay threatening the rowing thing. The, the, I think they need to have the bed to have sex in there. Come on, that's the crazy part. There's a that. Sewage, They're athletes. They don't need a bed. There's a sewage break. In the triathlon <laughs> course. I saw that. Like, you can't go in the subway. You can't talk to people. You can't have alcohol. You know? thought, that was the big one for me. I knew, like, I was like, still like, gosh, I wish I were going. And then I saw, like, they're not going to sell alcohol in the restaurants. And thank God I'm not in Tokyo. My goodness, what a miserable thing. I do. going to be like, we, we lost the pommel horses for the gymnastics. <laughs> so we're going to have to, like, it's just amazing. It's like, yeah. You know, like I'm reading this, like, the torchbearer, like Ralph Lauren had to basically create like this like self-cooling suit for the torchbearer, the flag bearers to wear at the opening ceremony because <laughs> it's 90 degrees. 90 degrees. It's just yeah, you know, miserable. Can't eat like in the a, restaurants. Can't, get, can't but, get a good thing of sushi. Can't do karaoke. I mean, like what are we doing? Baseball. Yeah. Like we got all the Rutgers guys. That, you know, hey, you know, we, we, we this field, like the first, the first baseline is going to be 78 feet, guys. Like oh, this, that's what we got, you know, like. Oh my goodness! Oh. Uh, that's outstanding. All right, little good, good little diversion. All right, and finally, true or false? This is a multi-parter, as you can guess. The most important player on the Rutgers football team heading into the 2021 season is Bo Melton. True or false? Cratch. False. Sarge. False. All right, I'm gonna go false. Oh three. True or false? Cratch. False. Sarge. True. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna go false. Noah Vedral, true or false? Scratch. True. Sarge? False. Okay. I'm going to go uh, true on that one, too. Although the last one was Nick Crimmin, which I like that one. They put Sarge put that one on the list. Um, and you can make a case that some of those guys go offensive line. You could make a case. Uh, but I guess we all answer false on that. Um, all right. Good times. Good. We, we want to address any of this, uh, any of these? Well, why, why, why take the, uh, both of you, I guess? Why take the, the layup that is uh, Noah Vedral? 
Is it the backup quarterback competent? Because 03 is clearly and, and Bo Melton has a case too, but 03, you know, hundred tackles, you know, defense. I mean Yeah, I guess I'm just expecting no three to be great again. I don't know. I mean Vedril's kind well, of Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. He's the most valuable player. You know, he's right. the most important most player. Most important player. Okay. Well, that's one way of looking at it. I mean, I just think Noah Vedril has to be a step better than he was last year for the team to be better. I guess that's what I was thinking. Or stay healthy. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it has I think a lot of the offensive growth is being pinned on federal being better with a full off season with training camp with spring practice, because the offensive line should be about the same or a little bit better, but it's not going to make any big strides. Same with the skill position players. But I think Vegel, he's got to be better. He's got to stay healthy. Look, I'm not, you can't fault the kid for being the victim of a cheap shot in the Maryland game, but he missed the Purdue game because of a shoulder injury. He was dinged up in some other games. He got dinged up and got knocked out of a game at Nebraska the year before he came to Rutgers. So he's going to run a lot. He's going to take hits. Durability, I think, has to be somewhat of a concern for him. So I think he's the most important player because he needs to be better. He needs to stay on the field. And if he doesn't, there's not much proven production behind him. Yeah, I, I agree with and that. And I think too. you yeah. risk really overexposing Johnny Langan again. Right. And then, yeah, I, I, those, those, they look like the two kids behind him uh, are talented, but until you see them in games, it's, it, there's just a lot of, uh, a lot of questions there. So he has to stay healthy and he has to be better. All right. Let's dive into the Rutgers insider questions as always. NJ.com backslash insider to subscribe. I want to thank all of you for staying with us during the dog days of summer. I know it's not as active as it might be during the fall, but we are still digging for nuggets and news and uh, I'm glad to have you as part of our uh, service. All right. Let's start with this one. We have a great recruiting class. Thanks from Diane, who's, a, who's one of our favorites. We have a great recruiting class for 2022, but th- th- doesn't this put a tremendous amount of pressure on the team for the fall season to do well? I would imagine that many will walk away if we have a bad season, right? Or our early commits, quote, quote unquote, under contract regardless. Uh, this is a good point, and I wondered about this. Like, I, I do think Diane's right, that there's, there's pressure on this team to at least do better than it did last year to show that the momentum's going the right year. I think the number that has to scare them is three, right? If they do, if they, if they, if they win three games again, then people are going to say, Oh, geez, you know, this is what they did. This is the same thing they did last year. Um, what do you think, Cratch? I mean, is there, is, is, is there, does it put more pressure on this season uh, because of the recruiting success? Uh, yes and no. I think I agree with you. Like, I think this team has to win four games to kind of feel good and keep the ship moving. With that being said, I don't necessarily think that unless they completely bottom out and go one and eleven or zero and twelve or something, I don't think that's necessarily going to change the recruiting success. Just because it's not like they they got these guys committed off of a eight and four season that with a bowl win. You know, they were three and six in a COVID year anyway, and they got these guys committed. So I think there's a little bit more to this than strictly on-field results. But I agree with you. I do think they have to at least – they might not get to a bowl game this year. I don't think they're going to get to a bowl game this year. But they've got to at least show a little bit of progress to keep everything moving. How do you feel, Sarge? you agree? Rex Siena, way back in the day, you, he probably did it to you, but he, like, he would always talk about the key – you know, the, the program building is keeping it on the upward – you know, making sure that they're always going up. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I, I, I don't think is it the end all be all if they, if they, if they, uh, you know, have a step back. I don't know. Um, I, I think they're going to need to, to uh, show progress and whatever that progress is, you know, it probably, you know, I, I don't think four wins is good enough to be honest with you. When, when you have, you know, as many players b- back on the two deep as, as they have, 
you know, I think that, you know, potentially, you know, yeah, at least getting in contention for a bowl game. Like if, if they're, you know, when the calendar uh, turns to November, if, if you know, if they're not in contention for bowl bowl game, I think that's a disappointment. Yeah, I'm a, I will say that that is, a, that is a key thing for me, though. You're right. I mean, to be in, to be in at least in the conversation at the four or five win mark, where there's, you know, hey, look, well, there's the fake. if they pull an upset here, they can still get there. You know, I, I, I think that's really important for, for the momentum. But uh, will it be a deal breaker for the program's direction? I don't think so. He, he's, remember, you mentioned this, but he survived some dips. It wasn't like the first go-around was just this steady climb. I mean, they, you know. Yeah, but recruiting back then, recruiting was awful in those first few years. When you look back, uh, not only, you know, were, were the rankings, uh, but the r- rankings actually did live up to, you know, the, the billing for as, as, as low as they were. You know, he had some really bad recruiting classes, or, you know, coming off those years. It wasn't really until, you know, until 2005, 2006 when they started showing progress uh, is when he was able to actually actually do well in the state and turn his uh, recruiting around. So, you know, I, 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 look, I mean, it would be one year and I, I, I just think that he needs to show progress. I think you need to keep it, you know, keep the momentum going both on the recruiting trail and, and on the field. All right. Good question, Diane. And I, I love questions like this from Chris, uh, Chris Monty in Toronto, where you've got uh, a, a, a choice, a choice of a choice of disasters. <laughs> uh, Rutgers athletics is clearly on the upswing. However, which outcome would be a bigger setback to that momentum in 2021? The aforementioned football goes three and nine or men's basketball goes 500 and does not make the NCAAs. Cratch, what do you think? Probably football three and nine. I, if Chris had said that, basketball finishes with a losing record I would actually say it's that just because I I think that you're still kind of building a a consistent passion and following with that program after 30 years in the in the in the woods but I'll say three and nine for football Sarge I think disagrees with me you disagree Sarge (laughs) again whatever you want to say about two years ago NCAA tournament but like you know getting the NCAA tournament for the first time in 30 years would buy him, you know, they, you know, if there is some sort of dip, yeah, that would buy him, you know, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, a, a waiver on that. I mean, come on, come on. But wait, but, but waivers on that. Greg Shannon's got a lifetime waiver. No, I'm not. <laughs> but Sarge, I'm not, I'm not talking about Pykele. I'm not saying Pykele's on the hot seat. What I'm saying is that. Like, there are no hot seats in Piscataway right now. It's like, for God's sake. <laughs> Actually, I don't think there are any hot seats. Oh, it's a lot. That's the it's coldest. Incredible. Seat. It's a frigid. It the seat, the, the frigid, frigid cold. Yes. The, the hottest seat is like this one we make up on the podcast. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, my point, I guess, is that I feel like Rutgers fans are a little bit more demanding, and healthily, you know, it's healthy. So at this point, I mean, they got this big beautiful state-of-the-art practice facility. They went big game hunting and they came away with, with Shiano. I think there's more of a swagger. And I just think, I'm not saying it would have been immediate or, it, of course, Peichel's, he's going to be here as long as he wants to be here, of course, at this, at this point. But I do think that you would, you know, I think my I guess, my point was you start, you go from having 8,000 in the rack every night to like, oh, you know, like we got 7,000 in the rack every night, that sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. And I guess the football, the, the, the unspoken question about the three and nine, three and nine, I think is really going to be a, uh, that's going to be a bad number for records, but is it three and nine, is it three and nine when you're losing 70, 78 to nothing to Michigan? I mean, that there's, there's degrees of three and nine, mm. um, three and nine when you lose to Delaware, I mean, there's, there's different things that could happen. That could be a disaster uh, beyond, beyond just having a, having a season that's not uh, up to expectations. 
Uh, all right, let's get another one from Jeff Steer wants to ask, he directs it directly to Kratz, of course, because um, Kratz is the expert on stuff like this. Uh, do you have any, do you have a sense of any freshman who could come in and contribute right away in football? Kratz, who do we got? What names are you looking at? That's a great question, Jeff. I'm going to pull up the roster as we speak. This is really good radio. You know, so if you guys want to you know, make some Francesca noise over yeah. or something. Um, oh, oh, oh. Over, under, win. Over, win. Lost, win. Uh, that, 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 that Jacksonville. That Jacksonville. That's uh, <laughs> a loss. <laughs> You got it, Crash. Or should we move on to? You no, know, no, I got, I got it, I got it, yeah. All right, so I, I obviously like you had some guys banged up in a spring game, spring practice, but I think Elijah Clark from Camden. You know, we talked about their secondary. Oh, that's a good I think one. there's some depth issues there. You know, Kyrie Baton, you know, linebacker could contribute. You know, obviously, I think Jordan Thompson and Ryan, you know. Keeler, two bigger guys that I think have a chance to see the field pretty early on the defensive line. You know, Todrick's very high on Shaquan Loyal. He wrote a big feature about it a couple months right, ago. That's right. Many fans remember. So, yeah, but I, I think at this point, too, with so many veteran guys coming back, this is a type of season where it's great if a freshman or two stands up and stars and surprises you. But for the most part, you can afford to let these guys naturally just kind of get their feet under them and even red shirt and right. move forward into the future. It'd be a good developmental year to not have a lot of freshmen play. It's a very good yeah. point. Uh, all right. So another question here, Sarge, you want to take this one. Fran Brown's reputation has greatly grown as an elite recruiter. Indeed, that's very true. Uh, it's only a matter of time before other schools come calling, particularly Temple. It would be quite a blow, but who is on a short list as potential replacements? I know it's not easy to think that way about recruiting. But talk, I mean, just what do you think about the job Fran Brown's done? And do you think he's going to be a guy who you might lose in a year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, at least they're paying him. What are they paying him now? He's got a nice. They are paying him, but but I mean, he, he's the ideal candidate for Temple. You know, if if, if and when yeah, and yeah, Cr- right. Cratch has already fired Rod, Rod Carey like three or four times. <laughs> I think that you know in, yeah. in print. So. Oh, wait, yeah. wait until Rutgers destroys them in that game, too. It's going to be another – that's going to be – He is not talking to NJ.com after in that post game. You know, he, coaches read everything, and, and Cratch has already put him on the hot seat. So, um, but, yeah, you know, Fran Brown is obviously going to be the, the – the, the, uh, I, I can't really think – no one else really comes to mind as far as, uh, you know, candidates. I mean, I think, you know, he's going to be the guy as far as potential. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I can't – even off the top of my head. What about Tyquan Underwood right on the staff? That's that's the thing. Like I was talking to a a, a coach, and they were like, "Oh, well, this guy on the Rutgers staff," and like literally half the Rutgers staff, I think, wants the Temple job when it comes open. You know, like <laughs> it's they're like, oh, yeah. no, I'm serious. Like Fran, why would you want that job? Underwood. Because it's it's right there. It's Temple. I think there's a belief. Oh, I mean, look, Al Golden, Matt Rule, Jeff Collins. They oh, all recruited. Okay. They all won. Then they went away, from, you know, and, you know, it's not Temple's fault. They hired Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz probably would have done a great job at Temple, too, and continue right down the line. But he bolts to Miami, and they, in my opinion, made an ill-advised hire. I think Rod Carey is a good football go. coach. Oh, but here we go. Ooh, poor guy. No, this poor, poor Rod Carey. Good grief. They hired a guy <laughs> with no ties, and then he had built a staff that doesn't have a lot of ties <laughs> to the area. Rod Carey. I think if you look at Rutgers staff, Underwood, Brown, Sean Gleason, Nunzio, 
all these guys that can recruit the Northeast. So I think it'll be like, it'll be like a, a, honestly, Temple should just drive up to like the, you know, the Hyatt and New Brunswick and just run the, half the interviews out of the conference room. I, 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 oh, another guy, another guy, another guy? who, who yeah. uh, you know, who Temple is going to kick the tires on is Casey Keeler. I mean, a guy, you know, who had a lot of success in South Jersey, you know, he's obviously coming off in, uh, you know, a national championship. Casey Keeler is going to be a guy and who Crouch and I both know, you know, uh, you know, has, you know, has tried to get, uh, you know, back he home. Did, back he to, did back not hide. Jersey. He did not hide his interest in the. No, he did not. So, you know, there were people, you know, in his camp that were certainly, you know, saying, you know, is there any way you can, you know, maybe put in a good word for Casey, but yeah, you know, he's another guy that Temple, I'm, I'm sure will kick the tires put, off. Put everything in Cratch's life on the scale of from one being Rod Carew to 10 being, I can't even say, but blanking at his name, the freaking army coach. What, what? Rod <laughs> Carew. Like, Rod Carey, I'm sorry, Rod Carey, and who's the Rod Carew? Did I say Rod Carew? Oh boy, I'm just mangling this joke. I was a good. I can't think. It's good though. No, it's a good one. What's the army's? Because his name, I'm Jeff Munkin. Jeff Munkin. So one being Rod Carey, ten being Jeff Munkin. You just want to fall somewhere on that scale, closer to closer to 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 Jeff than (laughs) that's all you want to do with with Scratch. Absolutely. Let's see what other questions we have. uh yeah oh so uh Rutgers had a strong 2014 class recruiting class under Kyle Flood which completely fell apart after many decommitments as we talked about a lot after a rough 2013 in the field what is Rutgers doing differently to prevent the same thing from happening again I'll start with the obvious point that Kyle Flood is not the head coach um Cratch, you want anything else? Sorry. I'll add the second obvious point. Uh, the AD will not be passing the hat in the Audi Club to try to fire the head coach. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good observation too. Uh, it's just look. It's just a different. I mean, they're just they've got their stuff together. It's a different. It's a different thing. I would be. I would be absolutely stunned if that happened. I wouldn't be stunned if they lost a player. I mean, look, some of these kids. All right, suddenly Notre Dame's there and they've got they got a full ride and they. Uh, it's just a different. It's a different deal. It's a different level. That's going to happen, but. Sorry, I just do not see that happening for the class falling apart. No, <laughs> not, 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 I, I don't even really want to talk about it because I just think that we're, we're wasting uh, you know, energy talking. Talk. I just think that, you know, Graciano has, has figured it out from a recruiting uh, standpoint. You know, he's a guy who, you know, once uh, – look, I mean, there, there, there were some Florida kids back in the day. I don't know if it's still the case, but, you know, there were Florida kids back in the day that you never knew, knew because yeah, once yeah. Rutgers would, 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 would get a commitment from – that would lead to like all the, 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 the Florida schools, you know, yep. uh, sending out offers. And then all of a sudden, you know, Graciana would have to get on a plane, get on a jet to go visit Antoine Lowry or someone like that, you, you know, in order to, to, to secure the commitment, which was a complete time suck for, 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 for uh, Graciano. Yeah. You know, will that happen? Well, could I see the scenario come November where, where all of a sudden, you know, a kid from, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, then Greg has to hop on a, uh, on a helicopter perhaps, but, you know, Graciano showing a willingness to do that. And I think, you know, again, the staff, you know, he has a good staff and I just don't think that that, that's going to happen. And keep in mind, a lot of these players already have those offers from the, the, like uh, Wimsack could have picked Notre Dame. He could have picked Kentucky already if he wanted to stay at home. You know, it's not the situation where, I mean, like, you know, Saquon Barkley, I picked Rutgers. I don't remember if he had the, did he have the, 
the offer at the time from Penn State, or did Franklin come in and just super? I don't remember exactly what happened. Yeah, no, he didn't have the offer. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. this was a different Absolutely. situation where Rutgers identified that kid before he became he blew up as, as the recruit, uh, the, the star that he was. So I mean, there's this this it really is a different situation. I, 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 I think I, look, I mean, I think Greg Schiano is kind of letting them know that this is year two in a multiple year rebuild and i think he he's probably letting them know that you're bracing them for the possibility of you know a four and eight or even a three and nine like you you know like we've talked about i think graciano's trying to be as honest as possible as far as you know this is year two you know that uh last year was a was a weird year and yeah they showed some progress but you know, ultimately, you know, they they didn't win as many games as they would have liked to, and you know, I think that you know, year two, you know, I think he's you know trying to brace for you know the worst case scenario. All right, one more, one more I got for you. Uh, this is from Peter in Palm City. I don't know where Palm City is, but it sounds pretty. All right, COVID, Shiano debut in person, regional opponent Thursday night. What is your crowd estimate for the opener? Let's do some numbers here. What do you got? Sorry, you go first. Oh, man. People are not going to like this, but oh, oh, only because, look, I mean, you know, Yankee games aren't, aren't, aren't really selling out. It, you know, and I, I know they did okay this past weekend with the Red Sox, but they're not like fans are not coming back to, to the ballpark in droves, you know, as much as a lot of people thought they would. So there is still some, you know, apprehension. You couple that with a Thursday night. Um, poor opponent. Poor opponent. Yeah. How many in the building or what they announce? Uh, I think uh, they'll announce oh. over 40. Yeah. I think in oh, the building. Oh, they will announce over 40. Yeah. yeah I think uh, in the building, 35, 35,000. Yeah. That, that seems like a right number. You're going over or under, Cratch? Uh, I think, I don't think they're going to get to 52, 414. I think that's the number I, we've written a lot with all these COVID uh, crowd capacity stories. I think they're going to get close. Because here, really? here, because here's why. Because I think that the team you have at Rutgers now is going to know all the ins and outs, and they're going to do things that maybe Rutgers has not done in the past. You know, like to the point where I would, they would like if they're if they think they're close, they're going to have interns walking around New Brunswick yeah, that's on true. Thursday morning handing people tickets. Yeah, KMAC's going to fly uh, – yeah. Kevin McConnell's going to fly a turbo jet over the uh, over the no, Piscataway area and drop like, it <laughs> Having it by Thursday, so now it's right before the holiday weekend, they're going to get every high school football team, every youth football team, you know, like the, the Brick City Lions, the entire program is going to be there. Yep. You know that they're going to do stuff like that. They're going to get butts in the seats. I don't know if – I mean, I don't know if – my my prediction is there's enough people there that they can announce a sellout. Wow, I think that is going to be we're going to be snickering. I don't think they're going to if they do that. It's going to be oh, they have to get close enough so it at least looks like a sellout. Though I mean, that's they got to get. I think I'll say I think they're going to get over forty five thousand people. Okay, all right. Well, we'll see what you're we'll prediction. Right. I'm putting my faith I, in you, K Mac. I'm going to go closer to Sars than your prediction crash, but that's going to be fun to watch and we'll be there in the stadium. It's so exciting people to get back to uh get back to things the way they should be that's all i got on my thing guys get anything else last last thoughts before we sign off no indie i mean you know we, we are getting back to you know normalcy and um you know crash could probably speak to this better but like the the the, the you know we're actually going to see graciano we're actually going to interview him in person for the first time wow. since we're going to actually you know. see noah vedrill in person for the first time the first ever. day yeah. ever right? noah vedrill, yes. noah nice to meet yeah. you 
Right. Yes. You could cry. You could say, no, nice to Vedra. Nice to meet you. I was pushing for the other quarterback all last season. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't start. You, I was a big art guy. And sorry, you can say, look, here, let me play a snippet. You were a Vedra guy. Well, I, like, will, I will bring the recorder. Yeah, bring the recorder for him. Just, just so you know, we both stand here. If you're going to be nice to one of the two people on the podcast. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. I, I was a Vedra guy for, for, for the record. Yeah. Oh, but, no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, no. My bylines and, and, you know, I my bylines speak to it. So I think it's actually going to be on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium. Oh, really? Okay. Which is which is kind of interesting. It's like I have been to Indianapolis several times for you know big uh, Rutgers Indiana NFL Combine. And I've been inside the stadium, but I've never actually like been in the stadium because at the combine they don't let you actually in. So it'll be my first time like actually physically in Lucas Oil Stadium, the the arena part of it. Um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how it goes, you know, how many people are there, you know, like it's it, – the Big Ten has kind of made it sound like it's going to be like 2019, you know, all over again for the most part. So it'll be very – I don't know if it'll be hovering over the tables. I think they'll, they'll yeah. still probably put the, the coaches at, at a podium. I think they'll put the players at a podium. I don't know if we'll get one-on-ones with the players quite yet, but I think it'll be you know, as normal as possible. All right, I think well, so. I know they got the breakout sessions, so I just go like Jim Harbaugh, like you know, freaking pandemic, and everything comes back. This have people asking, you know, why can't you beat Ohio State? Why do you suck so much? Why do you go back to the NFL? He must have uh, loved that. What's the number to, one to uh, from from a Big Ten standpoint? What's the number one non Rutgers story? Crash. What what what's the number one uh, storyline that you're going to be pursuing? I think uh, I'll give a couple of them because I can't really put them in order. I think one is, you know, can Ohio State, you know, this is, this is kind of the big, a big test for them. And it's year three. So like, it's not Urban's team anymore. It's Ryan Day's team. You know, it's his, all of his guys. And I think we, we all think that they're going to keep chugging along, but can they, I think out West, I, I I'm going to write this early later in the weekend. Of I think Wisconsin is a quite sneaky playoff contender because their schedule where they avoid Ohio state in the regular season, they play Notre Dame, they play army, they get Iowa at home. They could easily be undefeated going in that title game. And if Ohio state's undefeated, the big 10 could get both of them in the playoff potentially if everything breaks out. I think Nebraska is a huge storyline. And I think they were talking about this on Yahoo. I think it would be the biggest buyout in the history of college football to get Scott Frost to go away. But at this point, like if he can't if he can't go to a bowl game in year four, are you gonna keep him around? I think Harbaugh's a huge storyline. And for me, a sneaky one is Maryland has recruited really well, uh, not just under Loxley, but even with DJ Durkin before him. At what point are they actually gonna win games with all these recruits they've brought in? A great so I think question. that's a that's big a question for me. I look one. at their schedule. I think they're like a two or three win team just because they're non-conference and everything. But at some point, like Maryland, we have to stop talking about Maryland. Oh, look at this. They're top 30. They're top 30 recruiting class. They've been that for like almost a decade now, and they've done nothing with it. Great stuff, guys. I look forward to following your coverage there. Uh, we will be back with a podcast before training camp, perhaps, talk, to talk about the upcoming camp. Until then, uh, thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com insider.